they did. The one dude came in and refused to leave, was yelled at, spit on, and threatened until everyone had enough. Three dudes ran up in his cell and threw him the most vicious beating you can imagine. I remember him crawling out of his cell and the dude pulling him back in for more, and I could hear the bones breaking from 20 feet away. He died on the way to the hospital. Ooh. Um, that all guys that took part were there on murder beefs anyway, so the extra five years they got to, that got to them, it was worth it. This was an extreme case as the jail was overpopulated and they tried to sneak in the chromos in gen pop because seg was full. Everywhere else I was, was incarcerated, they keep the touchers far away from us. Duster nuggets. <laughs> I want to hear another good Reddit name. Uh, I mean, I guess the, the reason that sex offenders are targeted would be that people think about their brothers or sisters or well, that, that they or I think a lot of you know some of those criminals probably had been molested as well yeah. you know childhood trauma right right that, and that's why sometimes people end up the way they do because of childhood trauma that they experience so that's why they probably don't like they don't like child abusers nor do they like um t- petties Right. I mean, it would totally make sense. Absolutely. Or as the English say, pedophiles. <laughs> Fat Man 832 tells a story about one prison guard. Yes. I love the name, Reddit names. That's brilliant. This is, this is fun. About one prison guard, a typical shaven headed mofo, actually instigated and informed the prisoners about a child molester who had kidnapped two children and left them to die in the trunk of his car. Oh, Christ. Yeah, that's terrible. He passed around a newspaper cutting to all the gang leaders in the prison. Oh, shit. Open on the page about the abuser and let them get on with it. He got attacked by more than 55 prisoners. Damn. Wow. Uh, so, yeah, don't. Uh, don't don't touch kids. Let's yeah. Don't rape. God damn yeah, it. Yeah, well. Yeah. And you got to wonder, like. Uh, rape is a. You know, you, you, it's a like a sub, it's denying a person's humanity. You know, and in a and to somehow be sexually gratified, like in that, like when you know that you're hurting somebody, like That's you know, disturbing as yeah. fuck. And it's but it's like what, like what makes that? What and why would it be like the rapists I've been thinking about in the past week? You've got your college swim boy, and you've got 17 year old boys, like. Football players. And you probably got Donald Trump's cabinet. <laughs> Donald Trump's cabinet. Well, they, well, they're definitely raping all. They're gonna, they're gonna rape our economy and and our environment. I'm very scared about and the raping humanity. and pillaging they're gonna be doing. Well, we're not humans anymore. We're consumers. Just consume, consume. That's that's what makes us Americans. It's where we spend our dollars and how we spend our money. That's the only real power we have anymore. Yes. Which is sad. I mean, I'd like to think that you know, creating art and you know. But a society where people get along and feel fulfilled and you know but why do you what you were about to say something about rapists oh i'm wondering um, what like, would it make and what the connection here is between like i mean i guess you would call them middle class they're they're like the jock kids like all american high school guys and the ideas and the, the what they the ideas they have about women and it's like how is this being, well, I mean, I see it in the mainstream media, and I see how women are treated and subjugated, and this and that. But it's like, 
we're ra rape? Like, I, who, what, what point? This is, I mean, you're a guy. Would you ever have the idea like, yeah, she's drunk. Let's take her in the room and fuck her. No. Like, yeah, let's no, play I know. It's accused. terrible. No, I've, I've had more than a few occasions where a date has ended where she's passed out and I have to drag her home and put her in her bed and make sure she is okay. Right. And, you know, at no point am I like, you know what? <laughs> the drool coming out of her mouth that you, that gets me going i'm right. i'm i'm ready and you know she well, probably wants it that even goes to the whole bill cosby question is oh christ he could have but he could have any woman awake but why would he want them to be that, it, it's asleep? all about it's all about power and dominance and you know it never has to do with sex it's always about controlling another person hmm. at least through what i've heard uh, in all the so then so then you got to think of it this way do 17 year old boys on a football team feel so powerless well it, that they I, are now going to rape little girls i'm like, going to i'm going to say something controversial and i'm going to say something moronic because this is just out of left field to put it out there for a topic discussion but i blame abstinence only education interesting because now Thank you're you. saying that women are something you can't have they're a trophy you know back to the sports right, thing right, right, they're right. a trophy that you can't get right right uh because you know it's her fault because she can get pregnant because oh. you know she it, it's it's her fault that you can't fuck her now right. go be angry in 17 about that and right. then add alcohol and drugs to the mix and see what happens right okay you know what and i don't think it's that controversial no. i i'm actually kind of on board with you i, I totally agree with that yeah absolutely because if they were i mean if you could teach kids about i mean if you could actually talk to 14 year old girls and be like hey can you not just don't get drunk because they are going to take advantage of you and it's very sad but just take care of yourself and let that not happen but also let's talk about like sexuality you're 14 maybe you don't want to have it yet you know and i think that so much of my sexuality was formed around what i think men might want because i wanted men to want me i wanted guys to like me but i knew that if they didn't like me they might like me because i give them something sexually mm. and then they love and then they like, like you more then they like me more right. but they never liked me to begin with and that's where it starts i think with like self-esteem young woman yes like, <laughs> yeah exactly i, I wanted to like me so i sucked his dick right and that's the whole, and that's a discussion that i think a lot of us women and younger girls don't have because at that age the self-esteem and the adolescence is so vulnerable yeah and you're you're trying to please everybody at this point right you know boy you know well our crazed boys or you know parents or teachers or friends or trying to make friends you know you have all these things going in your head and your self-esteem is just like i have never met a 14 year old girl that's had the highest self-esteem and you're still a child you're in a yeah. weird at that like a freshman in high school and you are sort of in this adultish like world things and you're starting to feel things and you, right. you're starting to want to ex, you know do things and try for the first time and, and you're but you're, you're also so in, and but innocent in that you don't necessarily like okay so this girl daisy like yes she was drinking upstairs with her friend they're both 14 year olds one of them was eighth grade the other one was in, a freshman and they're drinking they're trying for the first time and one of these drunk guys texts this 14 year old and says, hey, come over. We've got some friends over. And she's thinking, and she told the camera, to, she, they said, well, what were you thinking? And she said, I was thinking that a 17-year-old football player who was a friend of my brother's wanted to hang out with me, yeah, and I and thought it was cool. cool. Yeah. Exactly. And I thought it was, and then when she got there, 
they were drinking or whatever and she was like I have three little brothers so they kind of made this thing about like this bitch cup that no one could finish it and the guys couldn't even so she's like she drank this huge thing of alcohol because oh she was trying to prove to them Impressed. that yeah. she was and then she passed out and then they raped her yeah and, and then they filmed it and then they laughed about it and then they showed it around school and then <sighs> but it's oh, a, but 14 God, year old girls so... do dumb shit because they want boys to like them I feel when I was watching that we get back to the Netflix now it shapes my life I honestly feel like I would have done the same thing when I was 14 I dated a guy who was a senior in college and luckily he was a good upstanding dude Russ Orvik all power to you you got great kids now lovely wife Jennifer great people but I mean I was 14 people used to say like why is what why would a 17 year old guy or 18 year old guy want to hang out with a 14 year old and I was like well I'm a really cool chick but like now I look back and I'm thinking I mean he could I would have done anything because he was right yeah a senior and I was a freshman and I was like tell me how the world works sensei right. exactly. you know like yeah I, I, I mean, yeah, I've been in the shoes of like being like at a, being called over to like, hey, we're all hanging out after school here, and some uncomfortable situations had happened where it was the point. I'm the kind of person that I'll just hit somebody, <laughs> you know. But you know, and it, it's and just you talking about that, the story of uh, Daisy, kind of like it. it I see. I, it's like I kind of see it, and it's really sad, and you know. It doesn't change as you get older. You know, we all do stupid shit at 14, 24, 34, 44, 54. It goes on. We all do stupid shit. But does that that give anyone the right to violate a person or do anything to harm another person because of that stupidity that is not harming anybody? But I'm not even going to say stupidity. It's just being irresponsible, you know. I mean, I guess as you get older, you're supposed to get, you know, you know, be more responsible. And but we all fall off, we all fall off the train once in a while. <laughs> and those 17-year-old boys who who are on that football team who got away with this, I'm just afraid of how they're going to turn out to be as adults. Now, those are the monsters that I'm really afraid of because they know that they can keep going on, you know, keep this going as long as they can because they got away with it for the first time. Right. I'm Teflon now. Right. Well, these guys, I mean, it's... And there's there's a lot of cases like this that go on that are, you know, that aren't on the news or what have you. Yep. This is someone right now. This is happening to someone right now. Right. And it was conversation. this crazy, this crazy documentary. I think it's, it started in the, like the, the Marysville thing or whatever. The rape was in 2012 and it just came out in 2015 or 2016. So she's like, it started when she was 14 and now she just graduated from high school. They show that at the end of the thing. And at the end, all these other girls get together and they're all talking about how their stories are so similar and how the guys got off and nobody listened to their story and how they think they were ostracized at school and Facebook was terrible. And I mean, it is a, it is a brave new world for high schoolers out there. I have no idea how they ignore, like if Facebook existed when I was in high school, I would have killed myself. I mean, I'm sure I would be dead. Yeah. I mean, because I did stupid shit in it high school. Like and vicious. It, people are so vicious. Oh, yeah. And, and, and we're just comedians. But, like, I can't even imagine how vicious 
high school students oh, would be yeah, to each other. Exactly. I mean, woo. the gossip and the they know how to cut right to the ego. I know yeah. it's 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 like it takes the fun out of being sometimes me. Yeah, <laughs> right. Because I mean, I you know I, I I was bullied a little bit you know in high school, but I turned out to be awesome. Um, but just hearing the things that people would say to you in high school, ten times that now on Facebook where people will video videotape you to humiliate yeah. you. Oh, and the yes. dog pile that happens. Yeah. It's just like, whoa. Because it starts with the posting of the video or the comment or whatever, but then it's the dog pile of everyone replying saying, oh, yeah, you're a piece storm. of shit. Yeah. yeah. It's, and the thing is, adults do it as well. Oh, But yeah. the difference, and I feel like some adults know how to pull away, mm-hmm. but I see a lot of adults get into that cattiness of the shit pile, and I'm just like, I refuse. It, it's happened to, on my page before. That whole that whole Jermaine thing that happened there oh, for a while, that. calling me a racist and just dragging me all over Facebook. Just I just ignored it all because I'm like, clearly I'm not a racist. But juvenile. Yeah, but it's, it's but it, the problem is that when somebody's being juvenile like that, your response is like, oh, I'm gonna say this, but the, then it makes you somehow they always get off, and then I end yeah. up looking worse. Like whenever I try to retaliate because something happens, like I get poked. You know, and, and I'm like, oh, you poke the bear, and then and then I look like an asshole. Right. Yeah, you know? because you can't say. I I rather when people try to lure me into that bullshit, that juvenile, teenage stuff. I I'm like, wait till we see each other in person. Wait, I just can't wait. I have a heart on for it. And when I see that person and or see them in person, it's a completely different story. Until yeah. I say something and I mention it. Sure. Because when you post things and you say things via text or Facebook, social media, it doesn't make you don't get the face and the aggression compared to the words that you're saying to the other person. Does that make sense? Yeah. I mean, yeah. Well, it's a it's a safe way to express displeasure from a distance and without responsibility. Yeah. I mean, because it's just like, oh, just Facebook. I think sometimes less said is better. Sometimes. Wait, it's it's always like wait till I see you in person. Oh, I just try never to see them again. Uh, every 98 seconds, an American is sexually assaulted. Not just America. And that's a minute and 38 seconds. Yeah, so yeah. someone, after we were just discussing, that was someone right now. On the average, there are 321,500 victims age 12 or older of rape and sexual assault each year in the United States. Uh, wow. That's uh, one out of every six American women has been the victim of an attempted or completed rape in her lifetime. Uh, wow. Wow. Uh, somebody th- that happened somebody tried to I got saved at a frat party once because I was super super drunk and a guy brought me upstairs and was trying to like take off my clothes and another frat boy guy ran upstairs and his last name was McCune and he I don't remember his first name but he got that guy off me and he was like what the fuck were you gonna do yeah. and he was like I was gonna have sex with her and, and I was like you saved me from getting raped it was really nice see my my frat house we were a safe space it was you know, oh that's so nice well this was before quote unquote safe spaces became a buzzword this <laughs> yeah. was you know back in 2002 2006 you know but uh, wow you know everyone liked to party with us because they knew nothing was gonna happen y'all weren't you guys weren't grimy and no you know we were all engine nerds and want to be lawyers like that's so nice i I was the black sheep i was the english major right (laughs) everyone was like what are you gonna do teach or serve coffee and (laughs) i wound up serving coffee (laughs) 
And I think, you know, you don't, I don't ever hear good things about fraternities either because of the stigma of what you hear so much about. That's why when I would go to frat parties when I was in college, I would make fun of the people and then leave because I'm just like, I don't feel like getting raped tonight. So uh-huh. it's time for me to peace out. But the ones that I go, would go to were always a stereotypical get drunk, beer bomb, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, bro, homosexual kind of stuff. And then it just was never a thing to me. And I always felt like rape. Like in my mind, the word rape would just go off. And that's, I guess, the stigma of what fraternities, you know, are. And you come from one that is actually total opposite. The guys I hung out with, my ex-husband was the president of his fraternity. It was called Delta Tau Delta. They were all good guys. Yeah, I I know some of those guys. They were really good guys. And uh, really inclusive. They had uh, a gay member, like, way before anything. And they were like, "We we don't give a fuck. They're like, you're a cool dude. Let's hang out. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. it wasn't even a thing. So, not all fraternities, I guess. It's just groups of people. I mean, you yeah. find like-minded people wherever you are, right? And yeah, absolutely. I, I'm, I'm thinking of picking up a new uh, weird hobby. I'm thinking metal detecting. You know? Wow, that sounds like fun. <laughs> you're going to find some jewelry and stuff I, on the beach. I was on the forums today, and those seem like very interesting people. Yeah. yeah, Fat Man 47 is probably on there. What was probably. that? Like? Dusty, Dusty Nuggets? Duster, Dusty Nuggets, yeah. Duster Nuggets. Uh, this has been the AltaCast here on MutinyRadio.fm. Thanks again, Arden. Everybody can tune into Arden's show on Wednesdays from 10 to midnight called The Night Space. So uh, definitely do that. Thanks again to LaToya, the Sheriff of Truth. We got through it again. We did another one. <laughs> We went around and around, and we came back to drugs and rape. Yeah. <laughs> right on back. And Netflix. Full circle. Full circle. And uh, hey, go out this week and do something nice for somebody, or come see a comedy show at Or Mutiny protest Radio. the inauguration. Protest the inauguration. That's a good one, too. Yeah, yeah there's a lot of, I mean... Next time, give us a call, 415-550-0511, or just come down and visit us. And, uh, yeah, say fuck Trump, because this we cannot let this misogyny stand. Cheeto. Cheeto president. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right, bye, everybody. Yay. Bye. And prevent further backwards actions from happening, and this is exactly what this is about, this next story, and this comes from the Charlotte Observer. Tell me what food relieves insomnia, anxiety, stress, chronic brain, depression, nausea, and can induce euphoria and stimulate appetite? I'm going to guess waffles. <laughs> that is incorrect. <laughs> Actually, Alex, the food I'm talking about are cannabis-based medicinal extracts. Cannabis-based medicinal extracts? That sounds like you're smoking drugs, Ed. No, baby. There are smokeless, safe, and less expensive alternative to smoking. But can I use it to sleep? Yes, baby! Good! Because I'm so excited by this that I may never sleep again! And it sounds like you, Alex, may want to check out the number 4AltaCalifornia.com That's 4AltaCalifornia.com for a non-addictive pharmaceutical free alternative to smoking medical marijuana. Check them out today at number 4AltaCalifornia.com This is Tusha Matos with Mutiny Radio. Big up to number one station. 
that holy nation. Give it to me every time. Ah! Good evening there, my friends here at MutinyRadio.fm. Chester Cashcock here, and giving you my love and regard as well as movies over there. And uh, I just wanted to let you guys know that anytime I go swimming in my vault of rare coins and piles and piles of filthy cash, I can't help but listen to Pamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. I mean, if anyone who knows anything about comedy knows that Pamtastic's books the best of San Francisco and Beyond's underground comics, it's a great showcase, and they have a fun time at Pamtastic's deep in the Mission District where you can laugh off your tushy for a mere fun. $5 every Friday to 10 p.m. And I laugh because $5, I mean, that's what I use to wipe my tushy with. So to laugh it off for a mere $5 is indubitious. But if you can't make it to Mutiny Radio, well, don't even worry. Don't fret at all. You can simply download the podcast post-show and giggle in the comfort of anywhere. Like your Aspen summer home on the mountain ridge with the kayak feeling. So all you got to do is just go to podcastics.pcrcollective.org slash comedy clubhouse. Or you can listen live every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. as your host Pam Benjamin brings you the best comedy from San Francisco and beyond the universe. And what's better than the universe? <laughs> it's a cash cock, honey. <laughs> and underground space for an event? Look no further than MutinyRadio.fm. Our 30-seat flexible space can accommodate your acoustic band, birthday party, comedy show, dance party, karaoke super fun, theater event, fundraiser. If you think it, we can do it. You run the door in promotion, we run the sound, space, and podcast. Rentals available Thursday, Saturday, and Sunday from 8 to 10 at Mutiny Radio FM's performance space at 2781 21st Street in the Deep Mission at 21st in Florida. Contact Pam at pamsidai at hotmail.com for more options and booking dates. Incredible socialist prices so you can be creative in a free speech space without breaking the bank. That's Mutiny Radio Rentals every Thursday, Saturday, and Sunday from 8 to 10. Book your event now. Trying to hurt me, but boy, how it burns me whenever she touched me. And oh, I feel so lucky. Oh, the free will question, because I choose to write about it, see? The collection of regression is the path of my prior choice, and its continuation is my talent, to my belief which is sufficient, for enjoyment, and that is the nature of the universe. To enjoy is purely the functioning of a returning and totality of a system to carry on in perpetuity, as one would like as it is to be enjoyed. Backspace are marvelous as an adjunct to a concept which doesn't function and a slight correction is within our powers in the near term, and near is what we have at our disposal, to use that term, which is literally in this case, how we transition a set into another set, using perhaps some of the numbers, signed in their maths, for the functioning of further functions, and as numbers are applied within those functions, the other numbers naturally retain until they are further disposed into other functions. And this carries on, with a conceptual idea that there are always a sufficiency in numbers to proceed in our cycles, and those are for the mind, its ability to take what I just learned as reference to this case, 
the Markov blanket, which is a warm cuddly covering over a distinct collection, taking care of it, and providing its own body for the set of these numbers. If we were to go back, we may imagine exposing this blanket to the elements of prior bypasses of numbering, thus reassigning a similar yet different blanket of numbering, whose reference is now a combination of events as recalled with concurrency of consciousness, and near coupled with the success of our warm blanket prior, we may be inclined to further enjoy the victory, which ought not to diminish, for the time our brains permit an enjoyment without a furthering of development, and this is also within Markov. And so, the free will question comes up at times like these, as evident, and the precursor to that thinking is not immediately evident, but I will and will explain the happenstance of the oncoming and forthcoming spark ability, which is a dull drum of free association, and my own, perhaps, questioning as to what is free in association, well the return as in free energy as described by Carl Finston, check, describes both Markov and our, how did he phrases it? Well I'd have to look it up, and I will in a second. But we already described how numbers are exchanged and so this should suffice, and you needed worry about me looking it up, and you can provide a time to do so, if that is your desire. But back to free association, and the thinking that surroundings of everything observed for, by and about, coupled with perhaps randomized memory recall, is our natural response to perhaps a question we didn't hear precisely, as inaudibly, and that these conversations going on are part of their own numbered set and functioning, and perhaps by participating in the numbering without a pure attentive consciousness, as consciousness goes, our lackadaisical free thinking may offhandedly participate in the numbering, when it doesn't offend or affect our concurrency, and even if it does, and you wind up shouting something from the creases of your own brain, well, that is your personal reaction and your behavior of how you deal with information and your runtime state of whatever you are about at that moment. Sounds a bit obtuse, and it is, for the mere fact that you don't have to respond solely for yourself in all events, that is the benefit towards yourself. This brings us to focus, but more specifically at this time, our reasoning to write, which is to operate the functions which function towards enjoyment and numbers as a side gig, with focus to apply them to working systems. Satisfied as that, for moments, and further moments at a time, until the function is heavy enough to plot, as observed, or simply proceeds in its imaginary non-imagined though accurate by imagination. Graph. It's pointless, aha, to imagine the graph because you're not purely aware of the numbers which will be presented, further allowing you to trigger available functioning systems. So this is fun, isn't it? The crux of course is how free will affects others, and this is how we have it, because it does affect others, and our combined freedoms allow us to provide for ourselves and others, as our natural abilities and proclivities proclaim for our justification of our own freedoms, as observed in our continued abilities to be free. Even shackled with an itch on your nose that you wish to scratch, is a scenario where you could think about butterflies, as I did for a moment to distract perhaps the ish, and thus avoid the inevitable ongoing one to scratch. Scratch. See I scratch my arm because it was a preset trigger, but if I knew then what I know about itches now, I would perhaps find a better solution. Even that thought may incline you to itch a bit, as the bits of communication on your body chatter about what the hell you're talking to it about, and collectively decide to move to the right or up and about and poke particularly on the organ which is your skin, and beneath, 
where soft tissue and organs may in similar fashion, have gotten some electrics and spin to question and unbalance for a shift? The question now comes to completeness, that is when will this document of recollection and processed formery be finished, and that is to be determined by the body I wish to write, and if I wish to continue on the free will theme, or if I wish now to break into a story or what precisely I will do after this completeness and how does that progress in the cycles I am both perhaps used to, as not a specific action, but functionally within the near space is available for me to process the spatial numbering which is the all the time. And so, my recall is about, and the word is missing, but it's needles on the skin. And specifically my memory is the ear, and the reason I mention this is because its completeness is when it's no longer comfortable and in fact obtrusive. And so you might have a memory of how long that is, or you may remember the sensation, and you may do a combination of these, and even imagine a discomfort, and that is actual, and that is still completeness, and you may further decide the effects were ineffectual to your desire. Acupuncture is the word, and it's no longer needed, but there it is, written down. Combined with this concurrency of various discomfort, I realize further motion will be required to complete this work, as well as become comfortable, and I do want you to leave with a warm feeling about the presented material facts, and these are part of them, and so I share that and preclude to provide what I believe will be needed in the future, while perhaps ignoring the immediacy I so often talk about, which, indicates that while functioning in physics, this may introduce a behavior in yourself, which I am indicating, which is to listen to this podcast until completion, and perhaps now you are expecting the completion, and the ish has begun, and more specifically, said to regain your focus, the time at which you hear this messaging is the time our systems have then formed a mantle, with my words, and hence as carefully as I chose, and your time in and about your own functioning brain and etc. That mantle provides for me, my future, our future, choices as in free, as in free energy and thus will footnote this in brief to the wire an article I read just this morning, about the explorations of Carl Friston, and the direct quote of preponderance, free energy is the difference between the states you expect to be in and the states your sensors tell you that you are in. When you sense you are within something, you are, and the difference, is your, the natural you, allows to proceed to the result which, in expectation, is the precursor to other eventfulness in these functions, or blankets as both Markov and Friston utilize. This explains it to me, and it's a novel use to utilize the remainder towards the benefit of something which already exists, expectation, hence the free nature of this economy, as everything is utilized while motion proceeds. Good. Done. This has been and is still, in motionary and ongoing in spatial cosmistry, a bit from the left off-center city by and about the Bay, San Francisco, Oakland, Berkeley, to name a few which are on my mind this November the 10th, in our year of the hindsight, 2020, Aqua QC3W. Iceland, Chile, and the Philippines. Vote for my opponent, who sits in their back pocket as comfortably as the hoi hoi on the slopes of Kilauea. If you want the United States to take a... Fuck! <laughs> <laughs> 
Black Plastic Mutiny Radio
It's delectable, it's delirious, it's dilemma, it's the limit, it's the looks, it's the lovely. Till I see the mountains rise 
started off toward the shuttle. Then he stopped, reached in his pocket, and flipped a half dollar over the counter. Mario caught the big coin. I'll take the Sunday Times, Paul said, and picked up the newspaper. Hey, wait, Mario called after him. It's only 25 cents. You've got a quarter coming. But Paul was already in the car. The door slid closed. He smiled and waved through the window. With a lurch, the train moved off, its lights glimmering away through the darkness. Tucker Mouse smiled, too. He liked Paul. In fact, he liked anybody who was nice to Mario. But it was late now, time to crawl back to his comfortable niche in the wall and go to sleep. Even a mouse who lives in the subway station in Times Square has to sleep sometimes. And Tucker had a big day planned for tomorrow, collecting things for his home and snapping up bits of food that fell from the lunch counters all over the station. He was just about to turn into the drain pipe when he heard a very strange sound. Now, Tucker Mouse had heard almost all the sounds that can be heard in New York City. He had heard the rumble of subway trains and the shriek their iron wheels make when they go around the corner. From above, through the iron grills that open onto the streets, he had heard the thrumming of the rubber tires of automobiles and the hooting of their horns and the howling of their brakes. And he had heard the babble of voices when the station was full of human beings and the barking of the dogs that some of them had on leashes. Birds, the pigeons of New York, and cats, and even the high purring of airplanes above the city Tucker had heard. But in all his days, and on all his journeys through the greatest city in the world, Tucker had never heard a sound quite like this one.
For several minutes, there was only the whispering silence. Whatever it was that was making the sound had heard him coming and was quiet. Silently, Mario waited. Then he heard it again, rising from a pile of waste papers and soot that had blown against the concrete wall. He went down and very gently began to lift off the papers. One by one, he inspected them and laid them to one side. Down near the bottom, the papers became dirtier and dirtier. Mario reached the floor. He began to feel with his hands through the dust and soot, and wedged in a crack under all the refuse, he found what he'd been looking for. It was a little insect, about an inch long and covered with dirt. It had six legs, two long antennae on its head, and what seemed to be a pair of wings folded on its back. Holding his discovery as carefully as his fingers could, Mario lifted the insect up and rested it in the palm of his hand. A cricket, he exclaimed. Keeping his cupped hand very steady, Mario walked back to the newsstand. The cricket didn't move, and he didn't make that little musical noise anymore. He just lay perfectly still, as if he were sleeping or frightened to death. Mario pulled out a Kleenex and laid the cricket on it. Then he took another and started to dust him off. Ever so softly, he tapped the hard black shell and the antennae and legs and wings. Gradually, the dirt that had collected on the insect fell away. His true color was still black, but now it had a bright, glossy sheen.
Thank you.